0: Hi, this is Mick Tully, and you're listening to Mixed Martial Arts. Hey guys, on today's show, I'm absolutely just honoured, privileged, and just managed to spend two days so far hanging out with the, these two characters. And David Hurst is one for me, one of the best martial artists I know. Sorry, I'm going to put you under pressure. He's shaking his head. But, yeah, guys always say that when I say it. I'm really blessed because I don't really have any amateurs in my life, you know, and if they are, they know they are, but you are, dude, you're, you know, awesome martial artist, so we're going to start right at the beginning. Where and why did you get involved in martial arts? Yeah, so I started,
1: started training in high school, and I think before then I had begged my parents for years to let me start doing martial arts, and they finally, it was, you know, basically it all started from the same place that most people started from back then, kung fu movies, Bruce Lee movies all that kind of stuff and just loved watching all that stuff and I was like oh someday I want to be able to do that so begged my parents to let me start when I was really young we finally came to an agreement that if I promised not to beat my younger brother up they would let me start <laughs> taking martial arts lessons and I think they did it more just to shut me up than anything else and they didn't think I was going to stick with it. So, right, where was this? This was in, in Cleveland um, and I started with a uh, Kempo instructor And so started in Kempo, and he was an interesting individual because he was also influenced by JKD, a little bit of Kali, and in that group there was a judo instructor teaching, and there was a kickboxing instructor teaching. Wow, what year was this? This was back in, uh, let's see, 89, 88, something like that is when wow, I started. That, that wow, was, that was quite open minded then for that yeah, time. Yeah, it was eh? big, yeah, big time. So he, he taught traditional Kempo, but he's the one who turned me on to, he actually loaned me his copy of the Tao of Jeet Kune Do, Wow. And that's how I got, like, aside from the movies, that's how I got to kind of get a first feel of jkd and 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 that kind of thing and so in um the summer that i uh ended up i trained with him for about four years the summer that i graduated from high school i went drove um to pittsburgh to um do my first seminar with uh, guru dan and that was like 93 i think and i was just a kid and i had heard about him and i really wanted to, to meet with him so i went by myself and uh Drove out there, did the seminar. Was I was in completely over my head, yeah. but I walked away from there being like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing!" Yeah,
0: but some, I, I was the same. First time I met him, I was like, "Like, and he is—he's one of those only guys that you get stars talking yeah. about, even well, if you yeah. don't know about martial arts." It's just it's something about the guy yeah. that you just go, "Yeah, yeah."
1: It was—it was amazing, wow. and the people—they were really nice, um, and uh, that's what—that's what, that's what kind of got me started. And then somehow I heard about. Later on that summer, I did a camp in uh, Virginia with a friend of mine, and there were people like um, Ted Wong was there, uh, Jerry Beasley, uh, Bill Superfoot Wallace, Joe Lewis, they they were all there, and so I got to meet them and train with them, and that was a cool... Mix of people. It was, was, it was that really... was that
0: that karate camp thing they used to? Uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. I yep. remember they used yep. to advertise
1: that in yeah, the magazines. Yeah, yeah. and I, I remember you know meeting all those individuals. And I remember one thing. I remember there was a bunch of funny stories that came out of that. But I just remember being you know I was just out of high school, and I remember sitting down. It was at a university. And we sat down at, in in a cafeteria with our lunch trays for lunch, and Joe Lewis sat right across from us at our same table with my friend and I. And he was such a role model of ours back then because I was doing some of the kickboxing and everything. Jaguar lives, man.
0: Then yeah. those, those
1: movies. Yeah. yeah. And he sat down, and he was such an intense individual that, like. We were so nervous the whole time because he was talking to us, but he had such a dry sense of humor that we couldn't tell if he was joking oh. or if he was not
0: joking, and we were afraid that he was just going to like kill us yeah, if he, we uh, laughed and he wasn't joking. So. Well, he, I, I've only got one Joe Lewis story. I was teaching in Seni, which is like the biggest martial arts show in Europe, uh-huh. and I was teaching, and Joe Lewis was there, and I think the brain cancer had pretty much got a grip on him, but I'd actually said to somebody, does he always act like this, or is, like, is this part yeah. of the condition? Yeah. And they were like, No, he's always been like this. Yeah. And he came up to me, and you know, I've got like an undershot jaw. And he asked me, Was I chewing tobacco? But I didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> and then I was like, What? Well, he goes, You got a chew in there or something? And I went, What? And I went, You think I'm chewing tobacco? And he went, What's with the big chin? And I, I said to him, I said, <laughs> Well, you know what it is, I said the males in my family have got huge penises and I said the females in my family have got huge chins and I said and unfortunately I take after my mother right and he started laughing right and he was like hey you're a funny guy but he was like yeah he was an intense individual individual. I don't yeah I think from what I've heard he's one of those guys that his physical skills were great I don't Mm -hmm. think his interpersonal skills were great to a degree, yeah. but he was—he was certainly a legend. Yeah. Know, oh but. yeah.
1: Yeah. It was a—it was a cool experience. Ted Wong was was really awesome,
0: really mellow guy. And um. what what was Jerry Beasy like? Because that's one guy I I I'd actually liked it. I'd, I'd like to interview him because he was such a polarizing character
1: yeah you know it was so one of the main things I took away from that whole camp is there were a lot of like more of the original JKD people that were at that camp yeah. and I had also trained with Guru Dan, and I liked both styles a lot and I like learning the original I like the concepts but I think what I walked away from that whole experience with is that the mentality from the concepts people like guru dan and and you know, in a the lineage they were just way more open way more open-minded and they weren't talking trash about everything like right. like when i was with their those people they were just this art is amazing this art amazing and when i was with some of the concepts people or i'm sorry some of the original jkd people it was more about well that's not jkd that's not jkd uh, if you have a stick in your hand, that's not JKD. And it was more about being, there was some more negative. Now, I will, I'm going to take Ted Wong out of that because I don't want to paint the wrong yes. picture. But, because um, uh, he was, he just kept his mouth shut the whole time. He's, yeah, well, I've, and, which was smart. You know, that's he, the
0: one thing I've, I've heard so much about him. Yeah. Was, he just didn't really get dragged in. And unfortunately, yeah. He was he was sort of thrust in there as a bit of a figurehead, yeah. And it was you know because uh, you know Taki Kimura has always been really smart, yeah. Great relationship all the way through, but like Ted Wong disappeared for so long, and then he arrived back, and yeah. then it was like, yeah. And it was I don't think it was a role he ever truly embraced. Yeah, is yeah. the best way of saying. And he it, was maybe. a re-
1: he was a very classy guy. I mean, the little interaction I had with him, that's what I walked away with. I mean, there was a there was a point where. There was a whole bunch of different people there, and there was a Tai Chi Qigong Gong master there who Ooh. was doing some um, interesting mind tricks with the um, the whole Qi Gong thing and trying to make people faint with it and really? buckle their knees. And it was uh, it was very fishy, we'll put it that way. Yeah. And in between sessions, there was a point where he was talking about how he could channel his chi. We we're all standing outside one of the buildings, and he could channel his chi into his chest so that you know he couldn't be hurt. And just prior to that, we had finished working uh, a session with Ted Wong, where he was teaching the straight lead punch, and when he would hit the focus mitt, it sounded like an elephant gun going off, and he was just, bam, hitting that thing so hard. And I don't think he had this tai Chi guy had any idea who Ted Wong was. Oh. And he goes, he goes, here, let me, let me, I've got this focus here. I'm gonna put it on my chest, and he's like, he just randomly pointed. Him. He's like, sir, here, I want you to punch me in the wow. chest as hard as you can. That's and
0: losing just, the lottery. Right I know. Then.
1: And and my friend and I who went to this just looked at you like, oh my god, this guy's chest is about to get blown he's through, kill right? This guy. Yeah. yeah. And he just shook his head. He's like, no, 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 thanks. Like, no, no, seriously, seriously. He's like, come
0: here, come here, hit me. And he's like, no, 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 thanks. Wow. And we were like, we were about ready that's to a like, cla- yeah, but that's a classic. Ooh, but it was very classic. Yeah, yeah he was uh, yeah. he was going to get hit by a Chinese claymore. Yes, you know exactly. What I mean? That was like, <laughs> good, yeah. That's like, a good way to put it. But what happened? Yeah, there? yeah. So, so, that was
1: way back though. That was back in uh, the early '90s, and uh, and then so from there, let's see. I went off to college, and I start i I started actually a JKD club in college. Because I had no, we had I knew one guy who had done Kali. I had done some JKD and some of the Inasano stuff, and then I had also at that time seen gotten to see Arjun Chai and Eric Paulson too back then wow. at the same place in that Pittsburgh. Was when,
0: that was when Eric still had the long hair, right? Um, had, yes, he gr- did. Yeah, had, yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: think he still had it back then. Yeah. So I had been going to these some of these seminars, so I had some information plus the stuff I had learned from my instructors. So we had like where was oh yeah so there was one guy who did Kali there was one guy who had done some other some Kali and JKD so the three of us kind of formed this club for us to basically continue to grow and yes. learn and and we had gone and done some seminars um, together and the funny thing is that club is still around.
0: Really? It's still
1: around, yeah. So I've gone back and I did like one or two seminars for them. And was this in Cleveland? And this was in, um, down in Athens, Ohio at Ohio
0: University. Right, and that, that's where we get to the next part. What were you studying there? Um, so
1: there I was pre med and molecular biology. And so.
0: Wow. Yeah,
1: so I graduated, came back to Cleveland, was working as a molecular biologist for about four years. And at that point, there was no JKD really in. The Cleveland area, Not, well, there was some, and I actually hooked up with some guys and started uh, training with them at a later date. But I couldn't find anyone at first, and that's really when um, I got heavily into the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Um, so I started doing some of that in college, and on my summers I would train with a group in Cleveland. And then for that four-year stint, that's I did mainly the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu until I actually found uh, an academy that was pretty far away from me at the time that taught jkd Kali, and brazilian jiu-jitsu so. right and who
0: did you start brazilian jiu-jitsu with
1: so i started uh with a gentleman by the name of uh craig kramer and he was under i mean he still is under hoist gracie and yeah at the time um that was he was the guy in cleveland there was no one else in in the cleveland area that was teaching um brazilian jiu-jitsu and um it was um, that was back in the day, and that was back in the day of like the Gracie in action VHS oh, wow. tapes and yeah, stuff, like fighting that. on
0: the beach. Yeah, yeah, so there
1: was there were people coming in for challenge matches and stuff. And, right, um, it was it was a rough place to train. I mean, we trained really hard, and it was. I mean, back then, and I still keep in touch with some of the guys that I started with and, you know, we all agree, it was like back then you were fighting for your life like every single night when you trained. There was no flow rolling or... It was pretty hardcore stuff. Um, But I was addicted to it and I loved it. And, you know, part of it too for me was studying all these other arts I just I knew I didn't know anything on the ground yeah, and I huge, needed huge, huge hole, hole. Yeah, yeah and I felt very vulnerable so I'm like well I gotta learn something and then I end up becoming kind of hooked on it
0: it's the worst love affair in the world isn't it yeah it never yeah. loves you back as much yeah uh, yes, yes. I, my, as I've said this so many times yeah before Bradio steamer said it's the worst love affair in the world because it bangs you more than you get to bang it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that's a good one. I like that. I don't know if that's I, a br- I, I oh. bet that sounds great in Portuguese as well. <laughs> <laughs> my, 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 my Portuguese... What's your Portuguese like? Oh, I have no Portuguese. No. no. All I've got is Fia da Puta Caralho, which is very... It sounds great, right? Oh, wow, yeah. But yeah, but it's just very bad. Oh, okay. Totally. Yeah, yeah. There, right. there's, a, there's a sort of a bitch in there somewhere. Oh. And it's, it's all... It, it, it's... I've heard it a few times uh, Bradlio was trying to teach me some it's, it's the same I said to him look I, <laughs> how many years I've been there now and I'm still awful at jujitsu. Uh, you know don't try and teach me Portuguese too. <laughs> no certainly not my brain canola handles oh, so much yeah, I, yeah. trust me I, sometimes I wish to go back to karate because yeah. you know trust me yeah Joe Danuki Gakazuki was that was groundbreaking stuff for me then so what year was this when you started in in BJJ oh geez, well I started
1: 94 I think 94 uh, you know it was my first year in college I met a guy who had done a little bit of Gracie Jiu Jitsu and that's what it was known as back then was Gracie Jiu Jitsu because that was like early UFC days you know that kind of thing and so he showed me a little bit and when I came home that summer after my freshman year I found that guy in Cleveland I was like oh my gosh and he was actually really pretty close to my house Wow! so I was like well this is amazing stuff so you know I got the old VHS tapes of the original um uh, and Gracie, uh, instructionals and study goes yeah. with a buddy of mine in his garage and, um, started training with this guy. And, um, then, uh, I continued training with him during the summers in college. And then when I graduated, I continued to train with him. Um, after I graduated, uh, that was like 97, 98.
0: Right. So you, and then, so the blue belt, blue belt was basically through hoist. Yes. Um, yeah. So but, I got yeah. my, my blue belt, Directly from Hoist right? We would have him out for seminars,
1: and, and well,
0: that, that, you know, because I've trained with him. No disrespect, a good friend of mine's a black belt with him, uh, and it's it's old school, old yeah. school still. Yeah, uh, and I look I look at it now, and that I, it's very funny because you look at that, and it's like original JKD, and it's like yeah. you know, if yeah, you that's a good way of looking it is, at right, it, right? Yeah. yeah, and if you can't if you can't trace your lineage straight back to Helio Gracie, yeah, then it's like you're not doing it, you know. I have a load of different theories, I, uh, yeah. If if they hadn't have been so short-sighted, because the Machados never wanted it to be Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, they wanted Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, okay. and they, Yeah, and then you wanted the Gracie Baja. So the name should have been at the forefront. Yeah. But it was very short-sighted. Yeah. And then next thing you know, it's like, right, okay, we'll, we'll go for that. Yeah. So from Blue to Purple, where were you? So Blue to
1: Purple was a very long journey. because yeah. So I had um, spent time training there, and then I moved to another academy. um, with a gentleman named, uh, so Ken Gleason was a, a gentleman who was teaching the JKD and the Kali, and Jeff Starr was teaching uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I think at the time he was a purple belt under Helsin. Oh, Helson. right. So he was a purple belt under Helson. And so I trained with them, and they were awesome guys. Super yeah. nice. I actually still keep in touch with them. Yeah, Halston's got um, great. So. Yeah. yeah, and so those two guys were great. Um, I still see them. They go to Grudan seminars. Oh, So I cool. see them there, and they're yeah, really, really good guys. And so I um, trained with them for a, for a while, and then I decided to come to Minneapolis uh, for a chiropractic school. Yeah. And it was an interesting choice because I – I went to uh, Chicago to. Um, I applied to a school in Chicago and got accepted there. Went and visited it, and then um, went to a school in Los Angeles.
0: Wow! And I went out
1: to the Anasano Academy and trained for a few days at the Anasano Academy. And I was like, "Okay, this this would be really cool." And I was like, "But there's one more school I want to check off my list. It was in Minneapolis, Minnesota." And I was like, "I don't know. What's what the heck is in Minneapolis, Minnesota? Uh, cold and, winters, exactly. Right? Yeah,
0: cold winters and pickled herring. Yeah. There you yeah, go. That's, yeah. That's that's don't it, you know?" Really. And uh, <laughs> Don't you know. Don't
1: you know. And so I, I went went out here and uh, interviewed at the school. I was like, okay, this school is good. And I literally went to my hotel room, and I opened up the Yellow Pages. And there was a big ad in the Yellow Pages for the Minnesota Kali group. Right. And I was like, whoa. And it had all the symbols and all the na- inasano and the Kali and the Muay Thai and all this stuff. And I said, hmm, I'm going to go check this place out. So I called up, and I, 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 get, I got Diana on the phone, actually. And she said, oh, yeah, come on in, check it out. And so I, I came in, and she gave me a tour, and I was like, oh, my gosh. So I trained here for, like, that, the few days that I was here. Yeah. And I was like,
0: okay, I know where I'm going to school now. Right. <laughs> and that, so I know, but I, I'd like you to explain, some of the guys that you were training with I and mean, when you walked in here who was here. So when I got here, uh, Andy Wilson was still here. Yes, so He hadn't moved away. Andy Wilson was still here. Ty Campos was here. Ryan Reynolds was here. Um, Not you know that that ugly Ryan Reynolds that does the movies. Not him The really Not, good not looking, the ugly guy No, no not the not one That, that doesn't ugly. do the movies No no, yeah, no not no. Deadpool The very handsome one that, Yeah That does the The Kali and the JKD And shaved the Muay Thai his, And the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu Shaved yeah. his head Because it was a choice Yes very fashionable you, Remember yeah, Ryan one. We talked about yeah. this yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah Another guy I have to give him I just have to give him A name check Because I do love him I think he's a great guy He's Wells fan i Yes, here as absolutely. well Absolutely So right? well,
1: Wells That's where I met Wells And we've become Long standing Very close friends And he actually Helped train me for we were myself and Mike Asher were the from our understanding were the first group, first two people to go through the entire Thai boxing progression in order so we were the first ones to take our hour test, then our 10 round test, then our 5 round test, then test under Master Chai. Other people had done it but either didn't do one of those or did just the Chai test or did just the hour test but no one had done it like Rick had always said, the way you should really do this is you should do the hour test, yeah. then you should do the 10-round test, then you should do... Because we went up to him and said, hey, we'd like to test for the uh, instructorship under Argent Chai. He goes, well, you know what you should really do is the hour test yeah. first, and then do the 10-round test. And so we... You know, we didn't realize that no one
0: else had done it, Rick, and that no Rick's one else very had good. listened to Ricky him. very is good. He's very good at just he. He doesn't, you know, and it's it's a beauty of Rick Faye. Yeah, we love him, respect him that much that if he just told us to do it, we yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, But he's like, you know, I, I'll I'll just say maybe. Yeah, and maybe then like three years later, yeah, you do it, and he goes, you know, that's what I wanted you to do, and I'm yeah. like. You know, I'm the sort of guy you have to tell to do stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not, I don't pick up on the subtleties. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. And so afterwards, he's like, you know, you think you're the first
1: group that's ever done that and has ever wow. actually listened to me. And I know other people have since that. But like, we were like, wait, really? I thought everyone had to do it that uh, way.
0: I did, you just mentioned Mike Asha and this is where I have to be a little bit indulgent Mike was one of the first guys I met at the Carly group when I first oh, okay, came over cool. and he actually liked my sense of humour because I said to him oh my gosh I, I said I thought yeah. you know I thought you went down with that you know in that, that camp thing and he went what camp was that and I went you're David Koresh right because oh. he was growing the hair all the time oh, yeah. yeah oh yeah, and yeah, yeah his wizard know, hair yeah yeah <laughs> if you don't know like guys in the UK look him up and then what I'll do is I'll actually I'm going to get Mike Asher to do a podcast. Yeah. And if he, as long as he doesn't start doing any of that Jim Jones cult stuff and you know, <laughs> saying he's Jesus, then we'll be all right. But yeah, I tell you what, some real luminaries when you were yeah. training. Him, yeah, right? Rudy
1: Rogers. He was he was the one who taught <laughs> me
0: Thai boxing. So he was my Thai boxing. Really?
1: Coach. Yeah. Yeah. And he actually held for, so he held for one of my tests. I think it was the five round test he held for. Um, and I, yeah I, I still remember this. He, um, you know, everyone feeds when they're punch hitting you with the TIE pads. Yes. They come at you with a certain energy. Yes. Right? And they're trying to hit you. But he wasn't trying to hit me. He was literally trying to take my head off. And I remember the first round with him, it was like a peri-under. Yeah. And he came at me so hard with that TIE pad. And these were the old perma ones that weighed like 20 pounds each. That I did the peri-under and I had to do a fade at the same time. And the, the TIE pad came so close that it actually touched my eye wow pulled my contact out and so i had to do the rest of the five round whole test with one contacting so my depth perception was all off but i was like well there's no
0: stopping so no, you just keep and keep man he was yeah he was coming at me like so, it was uh i'm gonna just just for the uh for the benefit of the guys who are listening first of all explain what sort of individual rudy Rogers is. Yeah. So. I'll, let me segue
1: one one thing back. So yeah. you had
0: mentioned Wells Farnham. So I'm yeah. going to bring him back real yeah. quick.
1: So he helped me train for all of those tests.
0: Really? So yeah,
1: yeah. He and, and Jay, who's here at the conference here, um, they helped h- uh, hold for Mike Asher and I. Right. So they were they were a huge, huge help and and a big influence um, on getting
0: us to. Well, work Wells and is easily one of the funniest. Yeah most loyal nicest guys yep. I know yep. and uh, guys the best album in the world podcast there you go if you listen to it uh, which actually featured me and Wells was like I had no idea you were intelligent he said I thought you were funny <laughs> we started talking about stuff I'm, I know I'm opinionated and I'm marginally humorous but uh, yeah he's like and he's just a nice guy yeah. you know he really is a nice guy so like Rudy Rogers is yep. like he's just a force of nature. Yeah,
1: he's like a legendary figure amongst the the MKG group, but he was um, just built like a like a truck, and he could hit as I mean, holding for him was terrifying because oh. he could hit as I mean, harder than you can imagine. Um, but you know, aside from the Thai boxing, like like Guru Rick said today, he did does everything. So he does the kali, he does the JKD. So he knew all that stuff. But I I, mean, I guess one. One story to kind of put Rudy in perspective, it was at a uh, Arjun Chai seminar, and uh, Arjun was trying to get a point across about how, you know, when you get knocked, like almost unconscious, how you have to keep your bearings so that you can keep fighting. And he was demonstrating by having everyone come up, not everyone, but he he, he asked for volunteers and people were coming up. And he'd have them put a baseball bat on the ground and put their head, forehead on it, like lean, bending over at the I've waist. I've done that but, uh, as yeah. a party trick. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, right? And drunk, then you right? spin around, yeah, spin yeah, around, yeah. spin around, and he'd make you keep doing it, doing it, doing it as fast as you could. And then he'd have you say, okay, now hit tie pads. And you'd have to immediately do like a four count on the tie pads or something like that. And people were just falling over, and they'd, they'd go to throw a kick and c- fall over. It was, it was actually humorous until... Rudy volunteered, right. and so he spun, 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 and then got up and just murdered the
0: tie pads, and the whole place just went dead silent. And they were like, "Oh crap, <laughs> oh, this guy!" I tell so you that what, was, If, yeah, yeah, if you're you gonna make, if there was ever gonna be an African American version of the Terminator, yeah, yeah, you know, Rudy would be yeah, in there, you know, yeah. He's but he, he's unbelievably good. So I've said a few times before on my podcast, I've explained the tie test, right? Mm, so tell cool. me, what was it like when you did it? It was, it was rough. I mean, it was rough. They, um, uh... Explain to the guys what it entails. So, it's, it's
1: two rounds, and, um, I may have the numbers slightly off, but I believe you had to do, within three minutes, you had to do 60 kicks, and I think it was 30 knees. Yeah. And, um... The holders uh, were allowed to hit you however they wanted to, um, and you had to get um, you had to get the sixty kicks in, you had to get the thirty knees in within that three minute round. And if you didn't, you a) you automatically failed. B) they were allowed to come at you and just try and take your head off. Yeah. So they weren't just standing there. You couldn't fight back with your hands other side from the clinch. So you could clinch but you couldn't use your hands to keep them off of you as far as any boxing or anything. So you had to basically keep them away with kicks and knees and some clinch work. And uh, so it was, it's, the test is really part endurance. Um, a lot of it is your heart and and your spirit to stay in there and keep going and um you know it took a lot a lot of training to get ready for that but it was a it was a, a an amazing experience um we i know both um mike asher and i they the people that they paired us up with they really brought it to us and they yeah. were really trying to, to to push us and and take us out you know we um afterwards um we all we all went out to dinner and it was one of those things where we were sitting there enjoying dinner and because um, Tammy Wilson tested with right, us right yeah um, and uh, this was yeah way, way back then and um, we uh, we sat down for dinner and we tried to get up afterwards and could barely walk afterwards because our legs had we'd been kicked so many times oh, man. and it was just it was hysterical to watch us walk out of the restaurant because it was it was a tough
0: test yeah uh, uh, what yeah mentally did, you, did you, it, was it one of those paradigm shift moments afterwards or during or do you think the build up i think i don't know that i don't know that i really went through a a paradigm shift
1: during it i think rick i mean rick really drilled us like he said you know it's a a two-round test but you need to be doing at least 12 rounds every training session you need to be doing 12 hard rounds to get ready for those two rounds, yeah. and that's what he kind of like instilled in us. So we we took, I mean, we took that. It was like a three-year process, I think, from our test, and then we maybe took a month off of training, and then went right into the ten-round test. Then took a month off of training, then went right into the five-round test. So like meaning month off of where we rested and trained other things, and then yeah. we went right back into training for the ten-round. And wow. went right so we had gone through this long process. So we were pretty ready by the time we got there. Um, so uh, it was a tough test, but I think we, we knew what we were getting into because we didn't just like, hey, six months from now, let's
0: go ahead and take that. test. Yeah, yeah. It was a long build. Yeah, up yeah. And you like, turn yeah. up, turn up on the day. Yeah. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I won't. Yeah. You see, this is funny. It's just as you're telling me this, and I'm listening to you, so I know how hard you train, and I know how. I also know how many hours that you put in in between, like, the chiropractic. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I was still know, going
1: to school then, yeah. and and I was training the other stuff too. I yeah. didn't, wasn't just doing the Muay Thai, but I knew part of me knew that while I was here, because I knew I was going to be moving back to Cleveland or somewhere else. Yeah, that I wanted to get as much time here as I possibly could. So I was like, I mean, there were, there were times when I here was, was here seven days a week,
0: as many hours as I possibly could. Wow. be. you know, you see this, you know. I, Right now, you know, we, we've talked about it and I know what you do because you've got, you know, got MKG Cleveland up and running, right? Mm-hmm. And first of all, I'll tell you right now, if I lived in Cleveland, I'd be sending my kids to a mu you because <laughs> you, you've gone and ran the whole gauntlet because your jiu-jitsu is solid as hell. Mm-hmm. Your Thai boxing is solid. Your boxing is solid. Your Kali and Jeet Kune Do is solid. And, I, I yeah, I, yeah, through Facebook, I've been seeing how... The school is growing, yeah. and I, I, yeah, I, I think it's awesome, right? Yeah, thank you. But with the greatest respect, I don't see it as a fight at school. I see it again as, yeah, you know, this creating better, more yeah. functional human yep. beings yep. for a better, more functional world. You yeah. Know? yeah, and is that is that the, the that's mission our niche. Statement? That's yeah? yeah, that's absolutely our niche. So we have. I mean, in Cleveland.
1: There's other. MMA school so strong style is in Cleveland which is where Stipe Stipe Miocic is
0: from yes right so but I thought I thought of you guys when I was watching it the last UFC 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 was was in Cleveland but he's he's not he's not full time fire is he no he's a firefighter firefighter uh, firefighter,
1: and yeah I mean I'm sure he's making a good living now where he's at with everything but I mean that's not what the UFC is until you
0: get to that level you're not making (laughs) (laughs) a living off of it you are not gonna make you, you, yeah. yeah, you said earlier, if you don't, I'll, don't mind, I'll get you just to share the story about the guys, where the young guys are coming in with oh, yeah. ideas, right?
1: Yeah. yeah, so it's, you know, um, we have other MMA gyms in the Cleveland area, and that's not, like, my niche. You know, my niche is very similar to the colleague groups here, where, you know, I want to train people... To, uh, you know, your every, everyday people, your martial arts minded people, that sort of thing. We have some people, I've, I'm getting one uh, woman ready for her first MMA fight. So we have some people that are interested right. in doing that. We have um, people who are um, interested in doing some tie boxing competitions and stuff like that. But that's not our focus. And right. there are other gyms in Cleveland that if that's really your focus, you can go there. Yeah. Um, but I do get, I get young high school kids coming in a lot saying... I want to be I want to be an MMA fighter. That's what I want to do for a living. Can you work with me? And and I'll I'll flat out tell them, I'm like you are not going to make any money in this field. If that's if that's your career path, you're not going to make any money in this field unless you are the best of the best. And so that takes a lot of hours, a lot of commitment, a lot of dedication and you to could be get a, you there, could be a dentist. Yeah,
0: to get I, Exactly. I, people yeah. have got teeth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: and to get there you're going to have to support yourself somehow. So, you know, you need to either learn a trade or you need to go to college and get a good job. And, like, because, you know, being an MMA fighter doesn't pay you. Being an amateur fighter doesn't pay you. Being a, Even if you make it in the UFC and you're a low-ranking fighter, you can't make a living off uh, of uh,
0: Yeah, I know guys who have fought in the UFC and they were, like, making 10,000 pounds. Yeah. Like, you can't, that's ridiculous. You can't live off of that. No, no. So, you know, they... they you, I think
1: it's it's very romanticized right now and it's it's so it's become so huge and the younger kids see that as like you know as other professional sports yeah. if you become a if you make it to the NFL, you make it to the NBA, and you're a professional basketball player. Even if you're not, you know, first on the draft pick, if you're a lower pick, you're still making a good living. Oh, right, and that's that's what a professional, you know, sports player—they'll make a good living. But it's different with the UFC. If you're if you make it into the UFC and you're a professional fighter, you're not making a good living. Well, you, you know, oh,
0: I've I've used this line a couple of times, and I think you'll like it. You ever seen the movie Youngblood? No No. No. It's a hockey movie With Rob Lowe in it Swayze's in there And stuff And he was saying So why do you want to play hockey Why do you want to play hockey And he turns around And he goes What else is a medium sized White boy going to do Right (laughs) But it is the truth It's like When you look at When you look at the UFC And it's Again the, The Mexicans And the Thais Have been able to Dig themselves out of You know Severe hardship Right uh, and I, I, I see a lot of it, especially in the UK. I see it in America as well, where they're they're going in, and it's it's basically playing the powerball or lottery yeah. with their body. Yeah, yeah. yeah? And there's yep. a chance they might, and there's a big chance they won't. Yeah. And they, I don't just I just don't see any longevity in it. I, oh, yeah. I, all I see is one one of the things that I've said so many times, and you're, yeah, you're you're a guy with a medical background, so you'd probably know more. But I've seen the NFL suffer. I've seen the WWE, which is a fake sport, but these repeated concussions, and then the NHL as well, you know, the amount of guys, like these repeated concussions that these guys are having in gym wars, Yeah, you know, where do you see that going? Yeah, it's,
1: I mean, that's serious, I mean, there's more, you're hearing more and more about some of the even mid-high-level UFC fighters who are now taking sparring out and just doing timing sparring and that sort of thing because of the concussions, you know? And the whole sport, it's an amazing sport, and I love watching it. It's really cool. But when I get a young kid in... You know, you have, to, you have to tell them, like, look, it's dangerous. There's a, there's a high chance of injury. The concussion thing is a real serious thing. I know what? Janet, you know, she's a psychiatrist, and she sees a lot of young athletes in her practice who have had concussions. Right. So she has a lot of experience with that. And, you know, I've seen some of them um, have become patients of mine for, like, neck and back and that kind of stuff issues, headache issues, and it is debilitating it is it is really sad really sad what happens with these concussions and and it can change your personality um it can make it so that you can't enjoy the things you enjoyed before you know so it's 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 serious well i i I,
0: I really see it you know i have a love-hate relationship with mma i love mma Mm -hmm. but i know a couple of guys who are washed up from it yeah and it's it's not it's not good you know it's like the only difference between Dana White and Dunking King is Dana White has got more money because he doesn't have to buy shampoo. That's it. You know, that, that's yeah. the only difference because it's, 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 a, it's a moral. Yeah, the, yeah. the way I, the way I see it, and um, I've I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Especially in MMA, the training right now it's big. Yeah, we, we remember yeah. ninjutsu being. Big. Oh, I, Yeah, Stephen Hayes. <laughs> yeah. Stephen I've Hayes, man. Got some man. of his old books and stuff. Yeah, yeah. We're getting them from
1: the library. I so.
0: taught a seminar. I taught a seminar at the Sunny, and Stephen Hayes was on the other map. Oh, And there cool. were 68 guys at my seminar. Wait, you actually saw him? Yeah, yeah, he man. He was, he was the next one across yeah. from me. Oh, that's cool. And he was teaching, and he had 32 guys. Oh. Yeah, and, you know, I tell dirty jokes and bad martial arts. Yeah. No good martial arts but done badly by me, I say. <laughs> yeah. So what's the future hold for you? Well, we you know, we just moved to our new facility.
1: Which looks awesome by the yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, we're really happy with the way it turned out. It was um there's a lot of luck involved with that because everything right. kinda came to a head at very suddenly where we had to move. Um, you know, I had been sharing space with my jujitsu coach and he was he was wonderful enough to allow me to start my program in his facility and we worked really well together kind of um he moved into a new facility and i helped him with that process and um we kind of helped each other get to a point where we were both like we need more class time we need more hours and so we mutually decided to separate but there's some other things that happened with the lease that made it very sudden so we had to oh my gosh find a new place like all of a sudden wow and thankfully everything felt came together like really quickly Um and we found a new space the landlords were amazing they built it out for us and like wow. we were able to get it all done to, in a, like a one month period essentially how and many square foot are we talking it's about 2,000 square foot that's yeah. just 2, enough 2,000 square foot yep. yep and so we got the place all matted and uh, we've been we've been running our classes and it's going really well I mean it's it's a lot it's a lot of fun to be able to like now I can structure my classes the way I want them I can do them on the days that I want them um, I'm back to teaching Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu which is so much fun and yeah. um, so you know next step is just continuing to grow the the school and I've got my chiropractic practice as well awesome. and ac- acupuncture practice and you know eventually down the road I like to either move to another or maybe a larger space and then bring the, both of them together. Oh, that um, would be good, so, right? so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But, you know, right now I'm, I'm working on... Uh you know, growing our BJJ program, growing all of our programs in general, um, working on growing our kids program. That's a a new been a new fun adventure for me because you said that earlier. Yeah, right? I've never taught. Yeah, right? I've never taught kids before. But really, that all started because um, I wanted my kids involved with it. You yes. Know? And um, Elise, uh, Janet's daughter, was showing so much interest in it, and she had so much potential that it was like, okay, we got to get something started. And and my daughter, it was funny not to throw my son under the bus, but my daughter was, who is six was super interested in it yeah. too. Cause she would come to the gym and just sit there and watch and beg to be a part of the class. I've, been, I've, I've seen some of the clips. On yeah. YouTube yeah. And up. she yeah. would just like, can I do the ladders with you, dad? Can I do the class with you? And she's six, you know, and Elise was the same way. She was like at home. She's like, can we do some college? She's doing heaven, six, standard six, earth, six, you know, and she's eight. She was eight at the time, I think wow. seven or eight. And, uh, and then my son just needed to get off the
0: couch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, well, you know? I've, got, I've had so. the same. My eldest boy has played hockey, ice hockey, all his life. And he's 24 now. So he did his degree, went to university, uh-huh. uh, went traveling. And then he just turned around one day and he said, can I come training? Oh, that's At awesome. At 23. Yeah. But my middle boy, Charlie. Charlie trained with me from like 12. He's a black belt with me. Really good martial uh-huh. artist. Like six years training with Terry Barnett every week. Cool. But it was like... He all he wants to do is Thai boxing and jujitsu. That's yeah, it. You know he yeah. went to guru, he went to a guru Dan seminar and he said, yeah, it was really cool. He's awesome, but I don't want to do any of that. So I got I got an interesting story about that. Right. So
1: this will tie everything back to, to Rick and the MKG. So when I was here, obviously I had talked. I was really heavy into Muay Thai, and I was also really heavy into the jujitsu too. I was doing a lot of the jujitsu and a lot of the CSW here. Yeah. But. um I still was doing the kali and I was still doing the JKD and the Panentukan as much as I possibly could and I was doing st- a lot of it because I was just I mean I was spending way too many hours here you yeah know? and but there was a point where I was so deep into jujitsu and so deep into Thai boxing and 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 my younger brain was saying oh that's just it that that's it that's all I need is just Thai boxing and jujitsu yeah. and I'm good right yeah. I don't you know maybe I don't need this JKD maybe I don't need kali but I remember I was teaching um i was an instructor under rick at the time and i was teaching the rounds class the uh, muay thai rounds class awesome class yeah it was great it. it was a lot of fun and during the instructors um classes he would say okay i know you guys um are gonna have things that you're really into and and that's great and i want you to explore those things but don't leave the kali behind don't leave the other arts behind whatever it is don't leave them behind because you're gonna hit a point in your life where you're gonna need those other things yeah and like half of my brain listened to him so I kept doing it but there was still that other half that was like I don't know I'm doing this I'm enjoying it but really just it Thai boxing jujitsu that's all I need now flash forward to me being in my early 40s and when we came out to the camp last month I I pulled Rick aside um and I said Rick I, I have to thank you for planting that seed in my brain because I kept up with the JKD I kept up with the Kali all of these years and within the past few years I had I herniated a disc in my lower back um, I blew out one of my knees and so I'm still doing the Thai box I'm still doing the jujitsu but it's my ability to do it has changed to a certain degree and I I don't have the flexibility I used to be extremely flexible like you know 10th planet flexible wow I can't I can't do that on the one side because it sends my, my whole leg goes numb, right? right. Um, and so during that phase when that was really bad, this was like uh, over a year ago, I, I was doing a lot more Kali. And like that's when it finally hit me like, man, if I, had, if I had stopped training Kali back then and just done Thai boxing and jiu-jitsu and I had this injury with both my knee and my back going out, like I may have just quit. Yeah. Because I couldn't I couldn't train hard with Thai boxing anymore and that's what I was used to and I couldn't train hard with jiu-jitsu and that's what I was used to. So at the I was like well, what do I do now? And so I could train lightly in those but that's when the kali really Came through for me because I could I could do some Carenza uh, and I could do the stick work and it just like it actually was part of my rehab was just really? doing scala drills and do, going out and doing Carenza and that really helped bring me through so I pulled him aside and I said thank you so much because if I didn't
0: have that if I didn't keep up with that like I don't know what I Whether what that you, I would have done you know it's funny you said that because when. I get guys come in and I, by the time you've explained what Jeet Kune do is or Carly is, you could have got a good workout. So, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. So, uh, yeah. You know, I have it with, I have it when people say, so, like, MKG, what is that, mate? What yeah. is that? Uh, I, I have like a split second where I can sit down and I can say, well, you know, there's this guy from the Midwest called Rick Faye who's like sem- seminar trained when that wasn't the thing to do and he, like he's easily one of the greatest exponents yeah. of the art yeah. and like, yeah, I'm thinking, oh, and they say, What's MKG stand for? And I say, Muay Thai, Kali, and grappling. And they go, Whoa! Oh, <laughs> well, that's a good one. Yeah, you can have that's that. A, right? I'm going to yeah. steal that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really it. good. And then, and then, what? six months later, they go, It doesn't mean that at all, Mick. It's a Minnesota Kali group. <laughs> that is say really that? good. I and I'm like, that. like, Because you were dumb at the time. Yeah. I'm not saying you're. you're you know, you're you were ready now, for, the, for the knowledge. You uh, yeah. <laughs> you weren't ready to leave the temple. Yes. You no, <laughs> you got to see. You uh, haven't, yeah.
1: hadn't snatched the pebble out of my hand
0: yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I've done monkey steals the peach. I actually did oh, that. That's a different, that's no, a that's completely a different, different that's a, that's one. That's right? a different one. That's, that's a, a different one. one. So the plan is big facility. Bring, bring, everything together yeah eventually we'll
1: see we'll see i mean right now i'm just working on growing the programs and you know uh this i i love doing this stuff it's it's like and that's one of the things i think i love about the jkd is the individuality the freedom the ability to express what you're interested in and then to foster that in other people and see them start to express it in the way that they do it and Everyone at my gym has a little bit of a different focus. You know, One of the, yeah. the guy that's more into Muay Thai but still does the other stuff and the guy that's more into the JKD trapping but does the other stuff and the guy that's more into Kali or more into the grappling but still dabbles in that. Yeah. And I love that about it that you can get that great mix and you can give something to everyone with that. So yeah. just, you know, I'm I'm constantly trying to learn and grow myself and, um, you know, grow the school. So, but yeah, eventually I think that would be, that's always been my dream to do that, to bring, to have one facility where I'm doing both, but
0: we'll see. We'll see. No, that'd be cool. That would be cool. You see, it's like, you know, you know, I I think Bruce was onto something with this Jeet Kune Do and a a vehicle for personal development and stuff. You know, I've, I've said so many times in the past, you know Krav Maga people buy into it and i'm like i don't really get it but you know that yeah. it, that's it and then you've got billy blanks doing his workouts and making like a yeah. ton of money yeah. and then you've got tony robbins you know empowering people and a lot of people don't really like i yeah i really dig tony robbins i think he's awesome and i look at these three different worlds and then they converge in what we do yeah and i'm like but we we offer all of that yeah in yeah. a fun package yeah why aren't we all millionaires? I know. You know, that's I know. what I can't, I can't work it
1: out. And there's so many benefits from it. I mean, we, I know you, you, um, did your whole segment on the cognitive collie and stuff. Yeah. Like that. And so I've been, I've been working and I got to thankfully talk with, um, with Rick and with Guru Dan and with Joel. And I got to talk to Takashi about this, but I've been working with, um, a doctor who has Parkinson's disease.
0: Right. And so
1: there's been some cool studies and research on how boxing, Helps Parkinson's disease, and then, yeah. and I got to thinking, well, how what, why, what, about, what about Collie? Yeah, why wouldn't Collie help? And so he used to be one of the heads at the Cleveland Clinic for cardiology, really big, big name in uh, in cardiology in Cleveland. And when he got um, came down with Parkinson's, his whole life changed. Mm. And so um, he, I got inter actually introduced to him mm. through Janet, and um, somehow he was interested in kali and so we started talking and i think he originally just he he originally wanted to defend himself right and he thought well i carry a cane so i could beat someone off with a cane if they attacked me and so we got to working and talking and i said look watch these videos on this cognitive stuff and look at what this can do. And he just got hooked on it. And so we've been working together um, for, quite, for quite a while now and, and getting his motor control improved. Yes. And he's like, man, this is really cool. So not only is he um, thinking that it's helping him, but he's addicted to it. And so he's like, this is great. So he, we're, we're now actually trying to see if we can hook up with, uh, he knows a researcher who can do some... Blood flow studies, cerebral blood flow studies. Yeah, to to flow studies. I would, yeah I'd love to. And yeah. Takashi's doing some work too, like this. Yeah. And so I talked with him a little bit. And so we're looking at maybe trying to put together a pilot study on how does, how can Kali help improve motor function for Parkinson's patients. Wow. You see, you this, know?
0: you know, we're, we're just sitting on something <clears> huge <throat> here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, I, you know, I always My problem is I oversimplify everything I always bring it down To a base level as well And when people ask me What's so good about you know, Jeet Kune Do and Kali You know I, I don't really like The term Jeet Kune Do To tell you I'd rather use the Kali term sure, Just yeah. because it's a bigger thing For me anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, you, I get away from All of that nonsense politics that yep. Most people don't get involved In nowadays yeah. But But um, I always say that Jeet Kune Do and Kali Is something you will do For the rest of your life Yeah MMA is something you used to do, yeah and that's what it's going to be and you know it's the weekend <clears throat> like the it's like the in England we have it as a Sunday league footballer, so yeah it's a, it's the same as you know we all know the guy especially in yeah in the u s there's always that jock who was really good and then he hit 30 and he became fat (laughs) yeah and yeah and then it's like i used to be this i used to be this and i'm like i still do this i see that with a lot of
1: mma people who come through the gym who yeah i trained mma and i'm like oh well how long do you train mma well for like one month and then i got hurt and i stopped you know and it's like i hear that story over and over and over again and for me like I want to just like you said I want to keep doing this the rest of my life so I look like people look at people like Rick I look at people like Guru Dan Peter who just Kwan. turned 80 uh, Peter Kwan yeah, yeah exactly and that's that's those are my role models for continuing to do this as a as a vehicle for personal growth and development and also fun you know and meeting amazing people like yourself Thank and, you, you know, very much you and, too <laughs> you know uh? and um,
0: you can't do the MMA thing for your whole life
1: you can't it, you know?
0: it, the problem is it's a it's so it's such a means to an end yeah which is a killer and you know that we have to play on that in martial arts because unfortunately especially men women are smart because women will just go right that, that okay is that all i need great yeah. so that's why women do women's self-defense classes for six months yeah. and boom because they're like right okay i've got that covered all i'm doing now is have to stay fit yeah stay healthy and don't get myself in bad situations and guys don't whereas with what we do it's so open ended yeah you know and that's the that's the thing and just as you're getting good the skill level goes up and, yeah, a mutual friend of ours John Dornick once said to me he goes mm-hmm. said so how's your jiu jitsu he goes, my skill level's going up but my body's meeting it on the way down yeah and, uh, yeah. and then, then you have yeah. to reassess your game oh yeah totally
1: yeah. I, mean, I, I, that's, I just went through that big time because with this back injury, I was like, well what what am I gonna do? How am I gonna work what route am I gonna take with the jujitsu? And that's where I was extremely fortunate to hook up with Roy Harris. And like his his style of not only teaching and just him as an individual. He's been um uh, I, I got to first meet him here at the Kali Group, and there's actually pictures of me with him right. up in the in the gym because I used to, I was his uh, his dummy for the his uki for all the seminars. Right, and just uh, his attention to detail. I remember back then was just mind. And he's
0: got he's got his over forties
1: BJJ he's his program. he over forties right? BJJ program, and his is all his whole teaching style is about leverage versus athleticism and it's all his is all leverage based. And you know, he, he's told, he tells a story about how he grew up being an athletic BJJ player and then had some injuries and had to switch to the leverage base. And when I heard that, I'm like, hey. That's exactly that's what I'm me. going through right now, right? Yeah. And so I've, I've aligned with him now, and um, uh, he's been guiding me on, on trying to progress further with my BJJ, and that's just a style that, I, I again, I look at that style of BJJ as you can keep doing that into your 50s, 60s, 70s if you're doing
0: it smart. You know, the athletic game, I, I can't do it anymore. So. Well, you see, this is this is it. and then, Yeah, this is where we can wrap up on it. It's like we're both on the same page. It's if you want to train what you need to do is you need to go and you need to see the guy who's gone five miles, 10 miles down the road. And if he's still on the road, yep. that's the guy you yep. want to train. Yep. But yep. if you go there yep. and the guy's parked up at the side and he's got the hood up, you know, and the yep. engine's blown, yep. transmission's gone, yep. and you're like, oh God, is that what I got to look forward to? Yep. And that that's it, yep. you know? But Absolutely. great things ahead for you. You mentioned comics?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so I, I used to read... Uh, when I was younger and kind of just got away from it. But actually, when I came to the Kali group, Wells, who we mentioned before, yeah. he was super into comics. And we kind of somehow through our training, we, that kind of got brought up. And so I said, yeah, I don't really read anymore. He's like, well, don't worry, I'll take care of that for you. So what he would do, he, was, he would come with brown shopping bags, big brown shopping bags, full of comics. And he would just drop off. I remember he dropped off two of them. He said, this is where you're going to start. And I was like, uh okay and it was like <laughs> all this stuff and i'm like it was amazing so he was like my comic library and he he actually um the only i still still read today and i get to collect stuff off and on but the only thing i've stayed consistent with and that i have everything with of is uh hellboy and the bprd and he's the one who turned me on to that because really? i've never read any of that stuff never, what,
0: what, what, what got you into what got you into that Um, I
1: think, you know, my, my, I love like the supernatural and I love folklore stories and uh, myths and legends. And that's what the original Hellboy was all about. Yeah, Twisted folklore, myths, legends, supernatural, werewolves, vampires. Like I really dug this up and I'm also, I'm a comic art snob, so I can't. I, I can't read things. It could be the best story on the planet, but if I don't like the art, it's really hard for me and to read And
0: that's Mike Magnola, Mike right? And Mike Magnola,
1: his art just, like, I love it. Just absolutely clicked with me. So, yeah. like, even, you know, even if it's not a good written story, which, I mean, everything he's done has been great, but I'll just I'll just drool over the picture. So, Wells introduced me to Mike and, and to uh, Hellboy and all that, and so he actually is who got me back into right. comics. And then... The funny thing is, so you know, um, you know kind of kept up with reading that, and when I opened my gym, it's so f- interesting how we attract like-minded people,
0: yeah. so somehow
1: someone something would come up with like I'd make a reference to some movie or, or something, and people would be like, "Wait, do you read comic books?" Yeah, yeah oh my god and and so like now I've got this group of people at my gym who we all go to, we all somehow figure out we all go to the same comic book shop wow and um, we uh, we all you know now are now swapping comic books and like you know and it's funny because someone will, like a new student will like will make re- make a reference and they'll get all like embarrassed and they don't want to say anything about like that they like admit that exactly. they're into that geeky stuff
0: and I'll just be like no it's okay you're in good company here yeah, you'll be- we're, we're all geeks here yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly well the- that I I actually Comic comic books are one of the reasons Why I got into martial arts Oh well. sure Yeah Because I uh, I still make the references When I teach seminars I always say You know What's the difference Between me and Batman Apart from yeah. five billion Right yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay he just did more sit-ups than me he was more driven than me. I said, "But my mom and dad are still alive, so screw you, back. <laughs> right? uh, So that's why that you shouldn't really say that. But uh, yeah, I really believe in the power of the comic book because oh, yeah. it's the first thing that most children will read, yeah. which is super
1: important. That's what that's what got my son reading, and so he has. Um, you know, he has one of his disabilities was uh, uh, reading, and he just wouldn't. Wouldn't read and refused to read because it was difficult for him, yeah. and that's exactly what happened. I took him to um, our friend uh, John, who owns uh, Carol and John's comic shop, right, and awesome guy great comic book shop so he would have the free comic book days I don't know, do you guys do the free, yeah, comic, free comic book yeah. days so yeah. I would take him there and his are huge events like he actually brews his own beer for it they have a party at midnight beforehand I'm down to Cleveland has, no seriously it's great they have all the local artists show up and they do
0: um, live art they do a live mural every year and then they hang it up in the in the store it's like yeah, you need to meet you need to meet my friend Nathan Leviton Na- uh, I don't know you might have seen Uh, I did a TV interview with him. Nathan Leviton's easily one of the most formative MMA coaches in the UK. He was Dan Hardy's coach, Jimmy Wallhead's coach, Paul Daly's coach. So all of those guys that first came through, and he's a grappling nut. And he got his blue belt from hoist the first time, yeah. He's a really, really cool guy, but he's super intelligent. But again, it's like when we talk about comic books... Like the geeky aspects we both love. I've actually bought nearly all of his graphic novels now because he's like trying to have this clear out of his life. Oh, but yeah. he's, he's only keeping the ones that he really sure. loves. Yeah. And I just couldn't bear to see them go anywhere else. But when me and him were talking about comic books, it's like he said, how, how are these young guys going to learn about, you know, folklore, you, know, yeah. it, you yeah. know, you want you want to understand like theology, you can yeah, I personally you, if somebody wants okay. to learn about theology, I'll just say to them: read Sandman, yeah,
1: read yeah. read
0: anything yeah. by Neil Gaiman. Yeah. yeah, Boom, that'll get you. Yeah. And it's just like, and that is
1: our that is our mythology. That's uh, for our generation and the current generation. Those are
0: our myths and our legends. You yeah. Know, have just you like, have you ever seen a book called Our Gods Wear Spandex? Have you ever seen this? No, no, I haven't. Oh, it's awesome! It's basically it's a study in the story behind DC Comics and Marvel Comics, which now trust me that makes any gangster movie look pedestrian really oh yeah DC Comics Detective Comic Books uh, like uh, what was the guy's name Sam feld I think his name was he was a porn baron
1: oh my gosh yeah and really? then
0: that's how he got into comics oh because like started clearing it up and then obviously you know the whole story behind comic books is hilarious and yeah it's very very interesting it's like you know well, Superman is the ultimate immigrant, which I actually thought was quite funny when I saw Donald Trump trying to hijack Superman. And I'm thinking, you have no idea, you know. The ultimate uh, immigrant, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, okay, Kal-El, with this really strange-sounding name, <laughs> has come from a faraway place to reinvent himself. And, and But it's like the alter ego thing. It's like, that really yeah. appeals. Yeah. It really appeals to us, you know. I, yeah. I don't know anyone who hasn't done martial arts and, you know, thought that they could be Iron Fist the Avenger one Sure, day. yeah. Because, you know, we believe in this inherent yeah. good versus evil. I don't yeah. know about you. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think it's even more important now. Ernest Hemingway said once, I think it's very important for men especially to have heroes, and as you get older, I think it's really important sure. for you to have it. Yeah. Because, you know, we we, we believe in this yeah. shit. And, then, I mean, when well, you look at our culture now and how
1: huge comic books have become, because yeah. I know, like, back... Back in the I mean I've known John for a long time and there was a point where it his business had really dipped down because it just wasn't it wasn't in the, the popular culture like it is now. And um, but it has it has made such a like so we literally on our flight over here, yeah, we're sitting at in the airport eating breakfast, we look up at the local news and they were at John's shop. For Wonder Woman's uh, 75th birthday. So they were doing an interview with some people at his shop. Wow. Because they were celebrating at his shop, uh, Wonder Woman's 75th birthday. It
0: was on the news on
1: the way over here. It's become such a big part of our popular culture that it's everywhere. Look, look,
0: you name me a successful movie recently that wasn't a comic book. they're huge. huge. They're massive. Yeah. Huge. My only regret is I put all my money in DC Comics.
1: I I had a friend who, just a long time ago, before... I think it was maybe the first Iron Man movie, and he invested in Marvel. And man, he he made he, a really good yeah, choice. It. Yeah, I
0: bought I bought a Hulk number one for seventeen hundred pounds, and my wife was going absolutely crazy. And I just had it valued at four and a half thousand, so that's pretty wow. damn good. So that's good. But um, that you know, have you ever heard the theory that if you track the popularity of comics, it's almost in like a, a parallel line with the economic ups and downs. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. Oh, I can see that. And then, yeah. uh, and it reflects a comic book. The comic book, uh, reflects what's going on in the world. Because do you remember, what was it? That awful guy, uh, Rob Liefeld.
1: Oh yeah. Cable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Rocky, where, yeah. You,
0: yeah. And there was that point where you would have, 15 variant copies Yeah. and it was like you know you are now taking advantage of this guy who lives in his parents basement yeah. who just yep. needs to get laid Yeah. what he needs yep. to do yep. is sell yep. half his comic book collection and just go to Tijuana or somewhere yeah. you know that yeah. that's actually what got me out of it was
1: that and then the, they were doing so many crossovers that you couldn't follow a story up. without buying issues from every single series and I, I eventually got out of it and I know they'd still do a little bit of that but like nowadays, it's so much easier to read because they'll do collected volumes, and I, I basically only get graphic novels. Same here. Now, same It's here. so much easier to. Yeah,
0: read. I I feel shortchanged if I invest. When you were a kid, I don't know if you like that. You know that full color, full page splash on the front, mm. and whatever it was never had any correlation to what the what the oh, story yeah, was. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're like, it was like, yeah, you know, Superman. But like the 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 best one I can remember is Superman versus Muhammad Ali. You remember that <laughs> yeah, one? I remember that. Yeah. And I'm like, I bought that comic. because, And I'm like, where did these aliens arrive from? Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you haven't, guys, if you haven't ever heard, heard of this comic book, it is unbelievable. It, if you could be any superhero, who would you be? And why? Jeez, uh,
1: I don't know. I don't think I've ever thought of, like, if I could be one. I've thought of, like, who my favorites are, but if I could be one. Because so they, be? they all have drawbacks. You know, I guess Superman, that would be a pretty good one to be. Um... Batman would be pretty awesome for sure but then I, 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 lo- I love my parents I don't want them to die no you know? way you know so they are in they a parallel come, universe oh, you yeah. can
0: be Batman in a parallel universe in Earth 37 yeah okay yeah there, there you there, now yeah, you're talking yeah. have you ever uh, there's I've got a book got, oh, I'm such a geek this is going to make me sound even geekier than I am now I've got this book on the history of uh, superheroes and basically it all boils down they distill it down to we're being told subconsciously that the ultimate superpower is money, because Iron Man, he's Batman yeah. with a suit. Yeah. What, what is he also? He's, he's a billionaire. billionaire. Right? Yeah. 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 Right? yeah. And even like even Wonder Woman, you know, Wonder Woman when she was Diana Prince, yeah. you know, she was working for the military. They always make money. Yeah. You know, so it was like Batman, oh, especially and that's what done with Spider Man now. Like, so Spider Man's one of my all-time favorites
1: as well. And yeah. This is the, one of the other ones I've collected. So, Spider Man in the current comics is just like Tony Stark. He's now started his own company, he's become a billionaire, and he's barely doing the Spider Man gig anymore because wow. he's too busy running a company. And so they've repainted him as this, uh, you know, this now mogul billionaire who's jet setting all over the world. Like Elon and, Musk. Yeah, and having people actually fill in for him as Spider Man because he's too busy. Really? Yeah, that's how the, the current series I like series the premise behind it. It's but, interesting. Yeah. But I think you know I, what drew me to his story is like the the nerdy, geeky kid who gets superpowers and can now stand up for himself. You know, but who is also
0: really intelligent. And you know that's uh, that's my, my friend Gay Steve has a great theory. Uh, Steve, if you're listening, you know I love your brother, right? <laughs> Not in the way you want me to, but no, no. Gay Steve's a cool guy, as you can guess, he's gay, right? Uh, hence the prefix to his sure, name. Yeah. But Gay <laughs> Steve's got this great theory, which is uh, DC versus Marvel. He said Marvel was always for the outsiders, so yeah, you, know, you couldn't like DC because DC was just too square. Uh, Whereas they, there's Marvel... There's underdog characters. Yeah, and yeah. then also, it was like... Uh, you know, I that's actually, interesting. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, I actually yeah. I yeah. see that. Because I, 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 I said, no way. I said, because the the, like, the wish fulfillment is, you know, you've got Metropolis, you've got Gotham City. You see, me especially, as much as I loved Americana, I loved the ideal, idealization of an Americana. Yeah. So I liked yeah, America, yeah, but yeah. I wanted it to the next level. Yeah. So that's yeah, why yeah, I yeah. like DC Comics. But yeah, God, yeah, I'd be a millionaire now if I'd invested in Marvel as much.
1: Yeah, yeah, they, I mean,
0: they're killing it right now, and
1: all the, I mean, everything that they've put out has just been so good. I mean, did you
0: think Guardians of the Galaxy
1: was going to be oh, that good? No, I didn't. Wow, I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't, I didn't really know Guardians of the Galaxy. The only, the only reason I knew of that was because. Uh, this is going to make me again really, really geeky. But I was playing. I, I'm also into video games and that nerdy stuff. And I yeah. was playing a Marvel versus Capcom three, and they released oh. a new character who was named Rocket Raccoon. raccoon. And I'm like, who the hell is this raccoon? So I looked him up, and then um, I think I had talked to. I asked Wells. I asked Wells who Rocket Raccoon was. And he knew. And he knew immediately oh, who he yeah. was, right? And and he goes, yeah, they're doing that because they're going to be doing a movie, so they're trying to build hype for it. And I'm like, okay and then that movie
0: just was awesome wasn't it great yeah, huh because I, I didn't even think Deadpool was going to make it and oh then, that was really good too really cool yeah. and then I'm like Superman uh, <laughs> the, the first Man of Steel killed me you know, which was you know when Man of Steel where they it was like you know the episode of Dallas where Bobby Ewing comes out of the shower you know that one <laughs> where JR yeah, yeah you know that one right so and it's like, we're just going to totally forget that anything happened. Yeah. So, like, they totally, yeah, uh, Superman, the battle for peace, yeah. where he went up against, like, the nuclear, nuclear guy. Yeah, yeah Like, yeah. they even wrote out Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor, yeah. Like, how can you get rid of Gus, man? That guy yeah. was a computer yeah. genius. And what they do is they just went, right, okay, Superman 2 stops, and now we're going to go into this Man of Steel. And I saw it, and I was like, oh, Kevin Spacey, Lex Ufer. Okay, I can yeah. do that. And then the next thing, you know, Schneider gets hold of it and i was just like fuck man I, I literally at one point i wanted to stick forks in my eyes cuz it was killing me that much and i'm like this is superman this ca- this can't suck yeah and it sucked big uh, but like uh, uh, yeah what did you think of batman versus superman did you like that well i wouldn't say i
1: wouldn't say it was a good movie but the thing is it's batman And it's Superman on the big screen. And it's Affleck looking good and it's Batman. I went into it hating the idea of Affleck being Batman. Like, hating it. Like, this is going to be bad. He did a good job. Like, he actually did a good job. The movie was... The pacing was awful on the movie. I took my son to it and he almost fell asleep. Yeah. Uh, I took my nephew to it and he was bored out of his mind and he loves this stuff. So the pacing was just really bad. And there was some really, like choppy choppy bits to it where you know I'm Batman I'm going to I'm about to kill Superman and then they find out their mom has the same yeah, name but, and he goes okay I'm going to go rescue yeah, but, your mom
0: Yeah but I like, I was like shit yeah they're both called Martha how did I? Re- I didn't realize that I either. Like, yeah.
1: I did. I went, it hit me like, oh my like, God. I thought it was like, Take shit, my man. geek license yeah, away. Yeah. I, 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 like, I thought yeah. somebody
0: had men in black to me with the pen. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what?
1: Okay. I'm Tell glad I'm not Jones the thing. only one. No. I wouldn't admit to that to anyone else because I'm like, am I really that bad of a nerd
0: that I didn't ever pick up on that? But yeah. Well, I was watching it and I'm like, okay, Wonder Woman's kicking ass. Superman's kicking yeah, she ass. she did kick a lot of ass in that. And then I'm like, why is Batman hiding under a fucking table in Gotham City? <laughs> because, like, the, the fight's kicking off, but, like, he didn't have to firepower yeah. and the other thing I thought with Schneider was Schneider wanted to get those set piece scenes in so he wanted the thing from the Dark Knight Returns where Superman flies up gets re-energised by yeah. the sun and yeah. the Doomsday I I, th- I think they should have just stopped it before Doomsday came in yeah I saved that yeah. for another one yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know how yeah. Justice League's going to go I quite like Suicide Squad but that was just Will Smith. I haven't seen that yet, but I do really want to see that. Well, but it's good, yeah. Margot Robbie's in it, which is just awesome. Okay. You know, yeah. But that's it. It's like literally, if they can decompress it down to just the Margot Robbie scenes, I'll buy that. Yeah. yeah if that if that's an optional extra on the DVD, <laughs> I am buying that. <laughs>
1: But the, the Wonder Woman, though, the trailers I've seen... Because she did kick a lot of ass in the Batman versus Superman movie. She did. She kind of stole the show in that. Yeah, and, she did. In um, that dress as well, huh? I mean, I'm not going to say anything about that. No, no But the um, the trailers for her movie... Whoo, that looks badass. They, they, they are looking
0: good. They are yeah, really looking might, good. That
1: one is the one like... you know, I've always been more of a Marvel guy. Always. And um, I've always loved Batman and I loved Superman... Um, but it kind of stopped there with DC for me. Um, so I never, I knew, I know, I mean, I know a little bit about Wonder Woman, but that's one of the first ones where I've seen it and it looked really kind of pretty kick ass.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think Marvel, that could, they could even do Howard the Duck again. Well, yeah. he was in um, Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians right? Guardians the end, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I, I can see where it's going, man. So, have you thought about which superhero you'd be? This is it. <sighs> what about your superpower? Do you know what my superpower... What's is? yours? Well, you What's see, yours? I've already got so this many superpower. Cores. It's killing me. My superpower, my superpower is I can't help but look at women... And be able to address them immediately. Now, actually, yeah, so, like, is that yeah. X-ray vision, is X-ray vision shit. Yeah, yeah, it's wish fulfillment. No, my uh, my superpower is I can guess bra sizes. Oh, yeah, dang. And trust me and never wrong. Wow, never wrong. That's I a, used to that's say an that I was. Superpower. I used to say, yeah, it's pretty shit. I don't think. I don't think. Profe- I don't think Charles Xavier is going to be ringing me up anytime soon. Yeah. Saying, do you want to join the X Men? as what I don't know I don't cosplay. know how that's going to really help too much but, no no it's not going to help know. too much I mean maybe for
1: an entertainment factor, you could just live at the mansion and and like just do like you know gigs what, what, for, what, for what the he, superheroes Well, like
0: Chachi from Happy Days yeah, he, yeah, 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 he was, yeah he, exactly because he, he lived at the Playboy yeah. mansion for a while didn't he I don't know <laughs> if it was him or was it Kato Kalin? Was it Kato Kalin that lived with OJ? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's when you know you're rich. When You know you're rich when you've got a washed up ex-child actor living yeah. in your house. Yeah. Like Michael Jackson went and got Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't yeah. get any better, you yeah. know? Yeah. I, if Doogie Howser wasn't being so successful right now, he'd be living in my basement. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> well, I tell you what, we will wrap it up because we have awesome. done... We have geek Yeah, I know, this is good. I'm at the geek. Thanks so much for your time, <laughs> thank brother. you so thank much. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. You can listen to more shows like this on mixedmartialarts.com. Mixed Martial Arts is an abrupt audio production. Today's show was produced by Luke Berry. Wow.